welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Welcome to this meeting of Sexaholics Anonymous. My name is Shim from New Jersey, and I will be the co-facilitator for the session together with Chaim. Um, the name of this meeting is Step 12. SA stands for Spiritual Awakening. Uh, please take a moment to silence all electronic devices. If you need to use yours during the meeting, you can please take it outside. And then please join me in a moment of silence, followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, this meeting is being recorded, so in the spirit of the 12th tradition, um, <clears throat> we ask that you... Uh, speak into the mic when you share, and the recorder will not be turned off for any reason. If you wish to share, please speak directly into the mic. Okay, I said that so everyone can hear you and the recorder can hear you clearly. If you wish not to be recorded, we invite you to participate by listening or attending another session. Please don't touch any of the recording equipment. And I'm not going to share for a long time. I'm just going to introduce Chaim um, and say briefly um, you know, essay stands for spiritual awakening is not something you're going to find uh, in the literature uh, because I made that up. <laughs> I wrote the name of the meeting. And the reason why I did that is because I feel very strongly that essay does stand for spiritual awakening. And for a long time, I wanted to know why I'm not getting that thing you guys talk about, you know, this spiritual awakening. And because I never opened the book uh, and turned enough pages to see that it says, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. It didn't say having had a spiritual awakening as a result of running to essay so that my wife doesn't divorce me. Or having had a spiritual awakening as the result of somebody at the meeting agreeing to be my sponsor. Or other things that I was doing early on by the way, the guy that had agreed to be my sponsor is actually sitting to my left. <laughs> he, and, and, and in the sake of brutal honesty, he never was my sponsor because a sponsor is the guy that takes you through the steps. And if I'm not working the steps, I don't have a sponsor. I can call him a sponsor. That's fine. I can call him my father if I want, but he's not my father. And it doesn't matter what I call him. And, and he was a, a very good recovery friend. And to this day, um, I benefit from his experience, strength, and hope that was shared with me, but we didn't go through the steps. And today I have a sponsor who took me through the steps, and I can say that as a result of those first 11 steps of Sexaholics Anonymous, I've had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. That's about what I'll say um, on, 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 a, on a subject that I'd rather hear what Chaim has to say. Um, thanks for letting me share. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing. My name is Chaim. I'm a sexaholic. Chaim, 
I'm grateful to be in this program <clears throat> in sober for eight years, three months, and uh, 15 days, one day at a time. <clears throat> essay stands for spiritual awakening. I don't know what the hell does that mean. I mean, essay stands for masturbating, pornography, strip clubs, <laughs> adult bookshops. Massage parlor, voyeurism, exhibitionism, and the list goes on and on and on and any other insane thing. <clears throat> How funny it is that SA stands for spiritual awakening. I'm not here to get a spiritual awakening. I'm here because my ass was on fire, and I didn't even know it was on fire. You know, I was doing crazy, insane things like... um I don't know what I should say on a mic or not. <laughs> but basically, don't laugh. Everything that you were doing, <laughs> you know, in short, you know, watching porn and driving and asking myself, why don't you turn around? So I turned around, but then I turned around again and then kept going and then, you know, acting out in the strip club and then hating myself, you know. I like to always say, I never saw a guy walk out of a strip club and say, that's what I was looking for. I got it. Wow, now I know why my boss doesn't like me. Now I'm going to go make an amends. I feel good and calm. Never did that, you know. Ran at it like a nut job. On the way there, I would back up on the highway if I missed the exit to the strip club because who has time to run around, you know, risk my life. <clears throat> and then to head home to turn around again, to do the same insane thing again, knocking my head into the wall. But SE does stand for spiritual awakening because the reality is um, the only way, the only way I could stay in the program, the only way I could um, keep coming back is like the old timers say, I need to find something over here that matches up to what's out there. And for me, that was the spiritual awakening as a result of working these 12 steps. I'm forever grateful for my sponsor. He told me I'm not your life coach. I'm not your friend. I'm not your therapist. I'm not your doctor. I'm not your lawyer. I'm your essay sponsor, which basically means I take you through 12 steps. Some of my sponsees don't like that. They call me for like business advice, like if I know what the hell I'm talking about, you know, or marriage counseling, and <clears throat> I can make shit up about anything. But let's get to the steps. Let's get to the steps. And I, the reason I'm starting off with this point is it says, over here on page 90, I got to fold it. On page 98, burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house. Wow, I need that every single day. I need to be burnt into my mind, the idea that I need to trust my higher power. And that only by doing that and cleaning house... <laughs> literally cleaning house, then uh, I have I have a way out. I don't have to fantasize. I don't have to touch myself, which is a big part of my recovery. I heard by my first convention, I haven't think it was Harvey. I touched my, my penis enough times to never have to touch it again. <laughs> and I remember sitting there like, wow. Yeah, me too. And I remember making that, that moment for myself, which was a life-altering moment of, 
I'm not going to touch myself. So help me God. I am not going to put my hands on my penis again. And um, that saved me a lot of trouble. Because if you put your hands on your penis, you masturbate. At least I do. And um, that ended that debate of whether how do could I get an erection if I touch it this way, if I touch it that way, you know, it, like that whole what size is it? That whole, you know, am I a real man? Like that whole, it's off limits. I don't touch it. Period. And um, it was burnt into my head the idea that I could get well, and that's the message that I want to carry. The message I want to carry is that. I believe that I was given a gift by God. It took a a lot of work on my part, but a gift by God that he handed me literally the medication that no one since Adam and Eve ever had. No one. I recently listened to Chuck C. talk about this concept. No one ever had medication for sexualism for thousands of years. I have that medication. You want it? I could give it to you. That is powerful coming from powerless. I'm not powerless today. I'm powerful. Step 11. I became powerful. I have a power in me called God that keeps me sober today. And this medication is such a beautiful medication. But unfortunately, when I came into the program and I so badly needed medication, I was getting a lot of this um, fluff medication. It's like I would go over to somebody and say, I have cancer. And the guy would say, you're doing good. (laughs) Hello, I have cancer. Did you hear that? Um, I have cancer. Could you help me? Oh, you just went to a strip club? God loves you anyway. Come here with a beer hug. Hell yeah, I'm going to go back to that strip club and get another beer hug from them and from you guys. It's like, this works well. I'm dying. I got a loaded gun in my mouth. Oh, yeah. If I were you, you know, you could keep it in your mouth, the loaded gun. But, you know, the trigger, maybe you shouldn't press too hard. That didn't work for me. I needed to be told the truth again and again and again. The message that I want to give to everybody is that we have this medication, but it's so important to give out the truth of the medication. There are people that are dying. Most recently, I'm feeling um, a lot of guys are calling me after you know speaking with their sponsor or calling other people, and they're like, so how does it work by you? Chaim, you're sober for eight years. You're not taking actions of lust. You're happy, joyous, and free. My sponsor isn't. (laughs) You know, he's okay with me doing like a step a year type of thing. So in 12 years from now, you know, I'll be okay. Like, and um, most recently, um, by the last convention I was by, I I met with five different couples, me and my wife. And... um, the common denominator between all of them is they didn't go through their steps. The common denominator. Not one of them went through all their steps. And this is a step program. The definition of insanity I heard from AA is, you know, knocking your head in a wall, you know, and expecting it 
eventually not to hurt. The definition of insanity in our program is coming into a 12-step program and not doing the 12 steps. It's like, what the hell am I doing here? Not only doing it, but continuously doing it, continuously doing it with my sponsees. Some of my sponsees hate it, but like I cut them off. I don't like, I got that from Harvey. I'll blame it on him. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is I got it from Mike C and I got it from Dave and I got it from Tom. It's easier to blame it on Harvey, but, <laughs> but I got it from all the old timers. Why do I need to listen to so much drunk log? Let's get to the solution. Okay. What is the solution? Got the problem. We lived in the problem our whole life. What's the solution? Let's get it to the steps. I don't have a solution. I know what the 12 steps is. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he as well can get better. When I came to my first meetings and I saw people who had the message, even though it was painful because they were telling me I need to get up tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock, and the next day, and the next day, and this bullshit of one day at a time, forever, backwards, forwards. I wanted to hear from somebody, I have a solution, one day at a time, never tacked out again. Never. I was able to stay sober for one day. I was never able to stay sober for one day after one day after one day after one day. I needed to see from people that who kept coming back that this program really works. And this helpless guy who tried everything to stay sober, <clears throat> who comes into program, and he's looking for a solution. And he comes into the meetings, and people tell him, you know, it takes time, time takes time, and um, you're doing all right, and be gentle on yourself, and okay, you, you just relapse, you know, keep coming back. I'll keep coming back, and I'll keep on relapsing. I need people to come over to me and say the game is over. Do you agree? Do you want to get well? Well, let's do step one. Write down 10 things of your unmanageability and powerlessness. Oh, that's all you had to do? I was hearing from my sponsor. I need to read this and read that. I need to journal this and journal that. I need to discuss with my therapist, my doctor. I need to discuss it with three other people in program. And then I have a step one. No. Could you write down 10 things of powerless and unmanageability? Yeah. Could you tell it to me? Forget about the screw the writing. You know? Yeah. Okay. Let's do step two. Could you keep yourself sober today? No. Okay. Did you try? Yeah. Do you believe that there's some power out there in the universe that could keep you sober today? No. Okay. He kept me. Do you believe that he kept me sober? Yeah. You're nuts. Okay. Do you believe this other guy? Yeah. Okay. Do you think just for today you could believe that he could keep you sober? Yeah. Are you willing to give your will and your life over to him? Yeah. Okay, let's do step four. Boom. Most guys, I didn't know that's how simple recovery is. I could always go back with my sponsee or with somebody else and say, now let's get more into it. But yeah, hell yeah, this 12 steps look damn scary. Finding a new power, giving will over inventories and... I don't want anything to do with that. You know, I want to masturbate. I want to watch porn. You're talking to me about taking an inventory? I needed a dead simple. And for that, I'm ever grateful for my sponsor and the people that came before me who gave me that. The simplicity, the simplicity. I have the magic key. I have the, the, I have the power. And I need to give it over. 
I don't remember if I made this up or if I heard this from an old timer. But I remember somebody telling me that one day you might have to go to your sponsors and your program and make amends for not saying the truth of how recovery works. Ten guys came in in the last two months, let's say, and they want recovery, and I'm sitting and bullshitting with them, telling them sob stories about my dad and my mom and, and my this and that. They're here to get the honest truth. They, they don't know how to stay sober. Their lives are falling to pieces, and I'm sitting there going on about bullshit, about work. I might owe them an amends. I owe myself an amends for just being a <laughs> – this program really, really works. And the success rate, as we hear, is very, very low. And part of it is I don't think the success rate is so low. I think the message is low. I think the message, the message needs to be very clear with such smart people like sexaholics. I heard the other day from an old timer, he said, you know, to grab a bottle and just to drink it doesn't take a brain. But to take a little tiny picture out of the corner of my eye and to make that into a whole lifelong sex scene, of me marrying this girl one day, that takes some talent, some brains, some power, you know? I could be driving to work, it's supposed to take an hour and a half and it takes three hours. That takes a talented guy. Somehow I just need to get from point A to point B. It's smarter than just, you know, doping up. We're brilliant people. Another piece that I found is, is and it's all really in the big book, my sponsor kept keeps telling me every time I call him up about sponsorship and how it works and everything, he goes, I don't need to tell you anything. Just look in the big book. I think it's the biggest chapter. It has the most information. It goes on if your sponsor is like this and if your sponsor is like that, if your sponsor is like this and your sponsor is like that. The only thing is just tell them the truth. That's it. They really, really want to hear. They really want to hear the truth. And sometimes the truth helps them with their step one. You're too sick. I had a guy who just came to me by the convention and said on the way here, you know, he acted out. He made up before the convention to talk to me by the convention. On the way here, he acted out and he came over to me, so could you help me? I needed to tell him the truth of like, I can't. I can't. I love you. I care about you. But I can't. And the reason I can't is because, and this is a big key. I need to work so damn hard for my recovery to stay sober. I don't have enough time to work that hard to keep you sober. When you're not even working that hard to keep sober. I'm going to keep, I'm going to work harder on your sobriety than you're going to work on your own sobriety. And you know, at, at first they look at you like you're an ass and you know, but at the end we want to hear the truth. And it helps. I could do it gently. I could do it nicely. I used to do it like a schmuck. I needed to find the balance. But that's all part of it. Bill W. says in his story in the big book how when fear and resentment crept up on him after years of sobriety, the only thing that worked for him was to reach out to another addict in pain. And for me, that's the only thing that works for me, to be honest. When I'm in that resentment, and everybody gets that every once in a while, that feeling of like, F this whole program, this whole thing is BS. The only thing that helps me, or I'm really resentful like God, or work, or what have you. The only thing that helps me is reaching out to another person, because what that does is, it brings the whole program together. 
My step one is all about me, myself, and I, and I don't give a crap about anybody else in the universe. Not my wife, not my kids, not anybody. My step 12 is all about the total opposite, the complete flip of my step one. I care about everybody, everybody. I'm in pain. I'm hurting. Take care of me. Sponsor, program, not fear. Why is everybody, the feelings, the shame, the guilt? Don't take care of the problem and go help somebody else. Usually what ends up happening is after that phone call or after that meeting, I realize I don't even have a problem. That was all made up noise. That was all just, there it goes again. There goes my head. There goes my brain. And it really helps. It really helps. In the beginning of uh, step 12, working with others, practical experience shows that nothing, nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. Intensive working with others. You know, I I recently did a workshop in my home group where um, I needed to help my program because it is a selfish program. So I decided just uh, whoever wants to join me, I'm going through the 12 steps. And after my meeting, if anybody wants to sit around and listen to me blab, you're welcome. And I didn't think it's going to be anything, and I didn't think it's going to work. But my experience showed me, you know, after going through all the 12 steps, that there are guys sitting around the rooms for years that didn't even scratch step three, step two. Guys didn't even do that step one. They don't even know what the program is about. They think literally that the program is about coming to a meeting and making a phone call. And then the old-timers gather around saying, why aren't people staying sober? What are we doing wrong? What is the program wrong? They don't even know that 12 steps doesn't mean reading the 12 steps. It doesn't mean reading the the, the, the traditions. It doesn't mean the concepts. It means sitting with a sponsor and working the 12 steps. Telling sponsors the truth. How much time do I have? Okay, let me finish off with this last thing, and then I'll say one more last thing and one more last thing, and I'll lie till nobody has time to share. Um, recently, I went through the white book, you know, um, really in depth. I found it to be um, really powerful. I found Roy K. to be telling my story in step 12, at the end of step 12. Um, I found in step 10 where he talks about the key. I'm the key. I found that at the end of step 12, and this is all the same concept, which I want to give over. Um, he talks about, um, I wish I had a white book here, but my doorways, my cats, my wives, my children, where they're all feeling and where, where they're all out is basically dependent on me. With these five couples that I spoke about earlier, um, three out of the five were fed up with their wives um, for not working a recovery program while they're staying sober, and they decided that they had it with their wives. 
and they legitimately believe there was God's will by the direction of their sponsor and the direction of powers to be. Most probably most of them made it up. The sponsor never told them shit. But um, whatever they decided, you know, staying sober, they're done. Their wives are not, you know. And each one of them, you know, me and my wife, we sat, I sat by myself, and we gave over the, the real message of Roy K. The real message of the program is that I have cancer. My wife might have a cold, like I like to call it, you know? When she leaves the house, I don't think it ever dawned on me like, oh my God, she might be sleeping with a guy. Oh my God, she, she might need the bathroom and run to a restroom and might hook up with someone. Never. Sometimes in my insanity, I would even bring up these ideas to her. Did you ever... Uh, she didn't even know where I'm coming from. When I leave the house, she gets those thoughts. She has a cold eye of cancer. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man. Two couples um, are still doing their thing, but three out of the five uh, took this approach. One of them came to me last night. One of them came to me yesterday, and one of them I speak to, who's sitting here, two of them are sitting here, as a matter of fact, and they're all heading in a peaceful way, and they're like, wow, my wife isn't so insane. My life isn't so insane. One second, um, sober is really not well? Ooh, the whole reason I ran my whole life is because I'm not well, and acting out was the solution, and now I'm left with a problem? But when I work on the problem, I really have a loving, happy marriage. We could really change people's lives if we're not scared of telling them the truth. I'll end off with this story. Like I said, I'm going to lie. I've I'm very athletic. I'm very sports-oriented. I took kickboxing. I like the physical and all that garbage. Uh, my son who, when he was born, everybody said, oh my God, he's going to be the next LeBron James, Michael Jordan, he's the greatest thing, da, 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 da. he can't throw a ball if his life depended on it. And for a guy like me, it's like, um, I'm, I'm not embarrassed to say that's my disease, but when he, a few years ago, um, you know, I built a, a basketball court in my backyard and I would bomb the ball physically at him in sobriety, trying to get him to be manly, you know? I, I remember on one occasion, I bombed the ball in him and like I really hurt his finger and I started to scream at him, you're a loser, why can't you catch the ball? Until there was that moment of like, what the hell are you doing? And through the gift of recovery and, not, and, and through the gift of really going over to my sponsor and other people in recovery and them not telling me it's okay and you know, you're the man of man's and time takes time, but rather you have work to do. You hurt your kid. That is unacceptable. You need to do work. And I started to do the work. The beauty is with encouragement, and I must say this with my wife, um, we sent this kid to, to art. The kid could write, could, could draw the most gorgeous paintings. It's mind-blowing. The beauty is the spiritual awakening. I love it. <laughs> I remember my wife telling me, what did all those shots in the hoop get for you? <laughs> what did it do good for you like <laughs> what are you like dancing about yeah you get the ball in the basket I mean like 
the kid has the most gorgeous paintings and I have the most beautiful relationship with this kid today, which would have never been possible. And this past um, Saturday, yesterday, was my um, Friday. Friday was my, my birthday. And my son called me um, 11 o'clock at night. He refused to go to bed. And my wife comes over to me and says, you know, Shmuel's on the phone. And I was like, what does he want? And again, the... I'm sick. So the first thought is, why isn't he in bed? What does he want from my life? Doesn't he get it? Like, deep breath, worked the program, picked up the phone, spoke to him for a minute, and then said, why did you call me? He said, I tried you on Friday, and you didn't answer. I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday. I love you. That is better than an orgasm. That feels better. You know how I know? Because everybody over here felt that, like, oh, like that, that feeling of like, wow, like, and I get these type of stories frequent because of the gifts of the program. I have a long way to go. It's a long journey, but I'm really so, so grateful for the gifts that God gave me. That's it. I got thanks. Thanks, Chaim. Um, and I'll finish with this. It's it's an amazing thing, and and Chaim and I know each other now about what eight years or whatever it is, a little less than eight years. And for me, and I know I'm not supposed to speak for him, but I know him well enough that I'm really speaking for both of us. We do not sponsor the same way. <laughs> the the <laughs> and 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 it's because of our and this has to do with step twelve. It's our experience in how we got here wasn't didn't match we weren't sponsored the same way and if i'm gonna start giving you what i think then i'm giving you how i got here which is my best thinking so all i really have is here's what worked for me um and to and to try to carry the message the 12th step says having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps we try to carry the message to other sexaholics and i don't have to carry the message there might not be anyone that wants to hear my message. I can try to, and if I try to, I'm working that 12th step. <clears throat> and to practice these principles in all our affairs. There are 11 steps of Sexolics Anonymous, and they're not just for talking about at a meeting. So Chaim and I really don't uh, sponsor the same way at all, but I think both of us were people before recovery who that would have been a good enough reason why we have to dislike each other and not talk to each other. And probably hate each other because he's in my way because I got to put my agenda on people. Um, and, and we don't. I'll sit here and, and hear the message that I'm familiar with and he'll hear mine. Um, and once in a while we'll bristle each other's, you know, ruffle each other's feathers with what we want to, uh, carry. But the reality is, is that most of the time, the people who are struggling aren't struggling because they're doing it his way and not mine or my way and not his. It's because they're not doing it anyway. Hmm. And, and have a way. You know, get a sponsor and, and have a way. Take direction. Um, ha- come up with your own experience, strength, and hope and carry the message to others uh, is really important. You don't have to finish the steps to have a spiritual experience the big book talks about the spiritual experience on page 25. That's step, that's in the first step, you know, that, w- that the reality is we're having spiritual experiences. And if you haven't read the big book, um, I would suggest it. There is an appendix B that talks about the spiritual experience. 
you know, and some people have it quicker. Some people have the educational variety, but I used to get really terribly upset. Well, then what's the point? I, you know, if it takes me X amount of time to finish my steps, then I'll never be happy. It isn't true. There are promises throughout the big book step by step that will occur in my life. There'll be a freedom that comes in the first three steps. There's going to be a relief that comes in, in doing a fourth step and sharing it with my sponsor. There's going to be a change of heart. You know, the, the, the ninth step promises, which I thought weren't going to happen until I was, uh, uh, almost halfway through my ninth step actually happened before I was halfway through my 12th step. So in middle of step six, I wake up one day and there was just stillness and I didn't know what it was. And I was comprehending the word serenity and I knew peace and I hadn't even gotten to my eighth step yet. And there was more to come and there was more to come. So, you know, the, the, the promises or the miracles will change person to person, but they will be there for everyone. And I don't think the success rate is low at all. I think the success rate is very high, but that's the success rate for people who work the program. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as the program of recovery. Um, so we're going to let people share until the end of the time. Here are the guidelines for sharing at this meeting. If you'd like to share, please come up ahead of your turn and make a line by sitting in the assigned chairs up front. Uh, when you talk into the mic, please talk clearly into the mic. We avoid explicit sexual descriptions and sexually abusive language. The emphasis is on honesty, recovery, and healing, how to apply the 12 steps and traditions in our life. No crosstalk, please. This is an anonymous meeting, but please remember anonymity doesn't mean legal confidentiality. The state of New Jersey has specific regulations mandating behaviors, specific behaviors to be reported. Be mindful of what you share, please, not to break your own or other people's anonymity. Um, we will do two-minute shares, and I'll give you a one-minute warning before we close the meeting in about 20 minutes. Hi, my name is Ari, grateful recovering sexolic. Um, so thank you both of you for your lead. Uh, somebody had just told me this weekend I shared a, a story that had happened with me a couple of uh, months ago or so, maybe a short while ago, and I don't know if uh, I was one of the couples that you were referring to. Um, I definitely, I definitely had something spiritual experience, spiritual awakening, and I'm not through my 12 steps. And um, probably, I don't know if it was two months ago, something to that effect, I I was on the verge of most likely separation, divorce, and I was working my program, or so I thought. And uh, I now see I was smack in the middle of my step four, and I, and I was an asshole. Just simple. Um, I could not see my wife's pain and the damages that I had caused and therefore be appropriate, appropriately making a living amends. Thank you. And, uh, and just be present. And now working through that, praying for her on a daily basis and continuing to work my steps. Now it's the uh, step six and seven. I have an unbelievable kind of relationship with my wife, which is, which is a miracle. And just from both of both of the shares, it is a program of action. And when I work the steps, these miracles can come true. I've been in the program for four and a half years, and I had not had this experience up until now. And yeah, I worked my steps, quote unquote, with this person, that person, but I never actually sat down with a sponsor 
I worked it the way I'm working it today, so I'm very, very grateful for that. Thanks, Wadam Shah. Morning, Yankel Sexaholic. Just wanted to read a little bit from the big book to reflect on the uh, lead share. Uh, the excuses that the alcoholic makes while he can't get sober. He clamors for this or that, claiming he cannot master alcohol until his material needs are cared for. Nonsense. Some of us have taken very hard knocks to learn this truth. Job or no job, wife or no wife. We simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence on God. Um, and for me, I've had this experience um, I remember complaining to people that there's no way I could stay sober based on my life circumstances. And I was explaining to them that I'm 30 years old and um, all the guys my age uh, are married with at least three, four kids. I'm stuck in the dorm together with guys that are, I'm not even dating. And the guys that are in the dorm with me are six, seven years younger and they're dating and getting married. And I'm nowhere in life. I don't have a full-time job. I don't have a wife. I don't have a car. What am I supposed to do? And the message that I got was this message that it doesn't matter what I have, what I don't have. If I trust God and I clean house, I can get sober. And the miracle was that I actually worked in the office temporarily. And the whole point of the office was that they filtered people's computers so they shouldn't watch porn. And I, because I worked in the office, I had access to the password of all canine filters in, in the entire world. I had unlimited access to tablets and iPads and iPods because the people there that had their devices filtered left it there overnight to be filtered the next day. I had access to that office 24-7 because they gave me the combination so I could work nights and weekends. And... I did not even attempt to take an action of lust. So I just, it's very important for me to relate that, that it doesn't make a difference where I am. I can still get sober. Thank you for letting me share. If anyone else wants to share, if you can come up and sit over here. And uh, if if there's if you're not sure what you should share about, you could even just come up and tell us why you came to this meeting. My name is Jeff. I'm a sexaholic. Um, thank you for the share so far. You know, after about 20 months in sobriety, I'm slowly realizing that. And I think it says somewhere in step 12 that uh, we should be taking the actions of love to improve our relations with others. And for a long time, I thought that was the hugging and being nice to folks. And I know I should be kind and accepting, but um, I guess as a part of my spiritual awakening, sometimes I'm realizing that saying things that people don't want to hear is exactly the actions of love. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think that as I continue my recovery, I'm more and more comfortable doing that. You know, earlier on, I didn't want to hurt people's feelings. And um, I guess my feelings had to be hurt a lot, mostly through my own stupidity for me to have a spiritual awakening. So I'm grateful for that. And um, I guess I'll just share, I had um, a spiritual awakening as a, the educational variety, but I did have one moment of uh, self-pity before my 30th birthday thinking, kind of like a, a previous share of, geez, well, what do I have? You know, I'm not married. I lost a career. You know, a woman I was engaged to be married to dumped me. Um, 
I'm a sexaholic. My reputation's been ruined. Um, so I was having a pity party. And I thought, wait a minute. I work, I have a program of action. You know, I can pray about this. I can call somebody. And then I had this moment of doubt thinking, this is all just a bunch of voodoo. This is not real. So I was laying in my bed, you know, October 2nd, 2016. And this light by my bedside hadn't been working for a while. And all of a sudden, as I was doubting God's existence, the light turned on. And I said, oh, holy smokes, okay, um, this, is, this is a burning bush here. And um, I was very grateful for that. I talked to my friend Alan in the program. He's an electrician. He said, well, those things happen. And I said, <laughs> and I said Alan, that is just not true. Um, so anyway, I'm grateful, uh, grateful for this program. Good to be here. Thanks. Hey, guys, I'm Mike. I'm a sexaholic. Um, I really appreciate both the shares today. Um, and uh, my uh, sponsor took me through the steps, um, and then I slipped, and I had to restart. And I never really got through the steps completely, always going back whenever I had a slip. Um, he called it, you know, like tightening up the foundation, make sure before we go on to the next step that we've got everything squared away. Um you know, my sexholic mind said, no, that's not the right way to do it because I know the right way. You know, um, he's a guy who's almost got 30 years of sobriety. I probably should listen to him. Um, and finally I did. And, um, but what I wanted to share was that I was in the middle of my fourth and fifth out of my fifth step when someone approached me to be their sponsor. And I guess what I'm sharing is like, I thought I had to get to step 12 before I could be a sponsor. And that, I think, was more than anything, it got me out of my head. I stopped thinking about, you know, what all my problems were to be a sponsor. Like, no, I didn't have to. My problems seemed so small in comparison. Um, and it also kicked my butt to keep moving forward with the steps because he was catching up. Um, so I really had to keep moving and it really helped me a lot. So thanks. Thanks. Uh, hi, all. My name's Tom. I'm a sexaholic. I came to this meeting cause I, I haven't had a spiritual awakening. At least I haven't, I don't feel like I have, and I've been getting frustrated, you know, and I've been slipping as well. So, I came here and I got the message that I needed to get, and that I thank you for that. The, me, the message I heard was I got to get my ass in gear and do the steps, and that's a simple message, and it's a message I needed to hear. I needed to hear it clearly because uh, I have done the steps, but I did them seven years ago when I first got into the program, and I did them, and then I, I kind of took the attitude that, well, I did them. I don't have to – I can put them aside, and uh, quite honestly, that hasn't been working, guys, so – I'm a, I'm an example of how things, how it doesn't work if you don't work it. And uh, I'm telling you, it's great to be here today. This is uh, a really good message to hear, and I, I thank you all. Brian, sexaholic. Brian. Grateful for the leads, and good to hear. A, uh, a clear message that uh, I need that reminder every single day, um, you know, because there, there's always those two sides of me that's 
you know, the, the addict side, which is just, you know, Brian, you're terminally unique. Your life's not going to get better. You know, things are, you know, everything is just a stroke of luck. You know, you just got, you know, this reason is why this thing in your life is going well. And there's this, you know, there's, there's always a reason that's not God. And then there's the other side, which is all the tools of the program and all the steps that I've worked and the spiritual awakening that I've had. And, um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like a choice. Which road do I want to go down? And, um, you know, even though I've, I, I believe that I've had a spiritual awakening, it's, you know, I could easily lose it. I could, I could lose it if I don't choose to go down. Oh, remember that path when you found God working steps two and three? Do you remember when you realized that, wow, your defects, God can remove them? Do you remember when you could be honest with somebody else, like in steps eight and nine? And, you know, I, I just need that constant reminder that, yeah, I could choose that path. And, um, and, you know, my life really isn't to hell. That's just my addict that just goes back to that thinking. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's harder for me to get out of that thinking, um, in the sense that it's harder for me to just accept that, okay, Brian, wow, like this really crappy thing happened. You really, you know, you really, you know, your boss really criticized you or, you know, or you got rejected from a girl. Like these are, you know, hard things, but, you know, but I can always go back to that path of spiritual awakening, um, that I've experienced. And there's always more to come. There's always more spiritual awakening. I don't think it's a one-time, well, one-shot thing, and that's it. And then, no, I could. It, it, there, there's more and more layers, and that's sort of the excitement of this. I'm doing very intensive therapy now, and I've, I'm getting new spiritual awakenings that are aligning with the step work that I've done and that I'm continuing to do. So, uh, it's not a one-time shot, and then you you miss the boat. You know, there's always, always more opportunities. So, thank you. Hi, I'm Lewis. I'm a sexaholic. Much like the previous share said, for me, um, what I've learned over the past year and a half is consistency. You know, Monday, I'm on top of the world and this program works and I'm having an amazing spiritual awakening and da-da-da. Tuesday, I wake up and life sucks. This program doesn't work. You know, where are the promises? Why, am I, why aren't I a millionaire yet? You know. Um, my friends, this and that. Wednesday, I wake up again. Okay, okay. And what's worked for me, and I've stayed sober since I came into the program, thank God. And what's worked, what's worked for me is just consistency. And that's what my sponsor keeps pointing out to me. So he, he caught the pattern really quickly. So every time I call him and I tell him how great things are going, he goes, this too shall pass. <laughs> and every time I call him and, and, um, you know, everything sucks, he said, this too shall pass. Just keep working your steps. The step work, that I do when I'm in a good place and I feel like I don't need a meeting will benefit me when I'm in that crappy place. And I didn't let things slide for the past week because I was in a good place. So um, I just want to give over the message of consistency because that's what's worked for me one day at a time. Thanks. I'm Sergio, grateful recovering sexaholic. Uh, great stuff, man. Great leads. I uh, really appreciate what you guys were sharing and the shares. Um, yeah, right now I'm going through a lot of stuff. Uh, lost my wife, my job, my kids, some friends. Uh, so that line in the big book really hits home for me. Wife or no wife, job or no job, I gotta stay sober. The reason why I came here is because I am going through all that crap. And the fact is, I realized that my only hope is a spiritual awakening. 
That's my only hope. I'm not going to, I am, I have a deadly disease. I am dying of cancer. Yes, I finally got it. I'm a, I have a disease. I'm not a bad person. Thank you. I finally got it. Uh, and, and this is my medicine. I need the spiritual awakening. And that only comes through working the steps. That's the result of working the steps, the spiritual awakening. So that's why I, that's why I knew like that's the meeting I have to go to. And definitely that's what I've gotten from the shares and, and the leads. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Sexaholic. Someone once taught me some years ago search for the people, hang around the people who are searching for the truth. But avoid the people who have found the truth. <laughs> First of all, this was one of the best 12th step meeting I've been to. I don't know in how long. Uh, and one of the joys of it was that you two were able to say, I do it this way and I do it this way. This is not a religion. My different strokes for different folks. It works. <laughs> Why does it work? Because the person has reached his bottom. Nothing the sponsor's doing is changing crap. The person is willing to go to any length. And it's a, a magnificent program. And I'll end by saying my sp original sponsor uh, from years ago would not let me say working the steps. He said, it's not work. It's utilizing the steps. What the hell is all this for if we're not utilizing them? Otherwise, it becomes a educational, intellectual accomplishment. If I do this, this, and this, I'm going to get that. No, if I'm utilizing the steps, then my life changes. Somehow, whether it's in the sixth step or the twelfth step, things start radically changing. And that's the miracle of this program for me. Thank you. I just wanted to saying I really appreciate everybody coming up who shared and those who didn't um you know, get to share with somebody. It's very important. My spiritual awakening in this program consisted of something very simple. I'm a taker and I became a giver. I see a woman and I take naturally. Boom. Takes no energy. She doesn't know and I'm taking. Today I see a woman and I could give. I could pray for her. She doesn't know, but I'm naturally giving. That changes the whole program. I come home. I'm naturally a taker. The king has arrived. Everybody bow and start serving. Naturally, that's the way I feel. 
Today, when I come home, <clears throat> I become a natural giver. I walk through the door, and I naturally just walk over to my wife. And instead of grabbing her in an inappropriate way by taking, I ask her, what could I do by giving? I start helping out with the kids. If there's nothing to help out with, I find what to help out with. <laughs> Transforming from a taker to a giver is what everybody's saying, is a continuous spiritual awakening that you get every single day. Thank you. Shem Sexaholic. And here's what I'll tell you what I believe me and Chaim do exactly the same. And, and I, I want to tell you, I'll tell you what it is, because it, 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 it makes me emotional to say it, which is working with others is the bright spot of our lives, which the big book talks about in step 12. And that's something that we both do. And it's, it's the primary, you know, once we get to step 12, you know, somebody's talking about getting through the steps, but not working it. And I sponsor a lot of guys and it's more important than anything else in my life. And when I sponsor them, I do the step we're on. And I, and, and it's the bright, bright spot in my lives. Um, and just to cross talk for a moment, Harvey, we have to come up with a different expression in essay than different strokes. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to have some essay version of that. You're going to get someone raising their hand and shutting up. In closing, anything you've heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participants. The principles of SA are found in our 12 steps and 12 traditions. Remember, we never identify ourselves publicly with SA in the press, radio, TV, or films. Neither does anyone speak for SA. This is an anonymous program. Please keep the names, addresses, and phone numbers of anyone you meet or learn about in SA to yourself. The shares we have heard here were told in confidence. Please don't repeat what you have heard about to other members, to anyone who wasn't actually here at this meeting. Um, and one last thing, this meeting was the last of a whole lot of meetings on the steps that occurred at this convention. Starting from an introduction to the steps, step zero, all the way through step 12, you can get the recordings on every one of the steps. Had had great old timers in this program talking about step by step by step. So whether you're here now or if you're listening to this on CD, you can get those CDs and really get people's experience, strength, and hope and get inspired to get back into this work and to actually um, not work the steps, but here are the steps we took to take the steps. Um, and please, what you, hear, what, we, what you hear here, please let it stay here. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.